Working remotely, where you are shouldn't dictate what you do. Work from the road by turning your vehicle into a reliable high-speed data Wi-Fi hotspot with AT&T in-car Wi-Fi. On the network that covers more roads than any other carrier, take your work on the road and AT&T will be there to keep you connected. Connect up to 10 devices and stream conference calls, finish up that presentation, or answer last-minute emails. Why wait? Go to att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi today for free trial eligibility. Based on independent third-party data, number of devices varies by manufacturer. Always pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use only when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. We all can't help but wonder what adventure lies just over the next ridge. A Nissan Rogue, Nissan Pathfinder, or Nissan Armada will take you there. If you're taking on your adventure in a new 2024 Nissan Rogue, class-exclusive Google built-in is your always-updating assistant to call on for almost anything. Google Assistant, Google Maps, and Google Play Store are built right into the 12.3-inch HD touchscreen infotainment system of the 2024 Nissan Rogue. Nissan's SUV has the capabilities to take you where you want to go. Learn more at NissanUSA.com. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. No surprise here, but you know I gotta have my devices when I travel. I would be lost without my smartphone. I use it for directions, to find things to do, and most importantly, where to eat. I rely on it as a digital music player to enhance my experience as I explore a new place. Oh, and sometimes I even use it to make calls and stuff. That's the kind of traveler I am. And if you travel, you know what kind you are, too. That's why you go with the Delta SkyMiles Platinum American Express card. If you travel, you know. Brought to you by the reinvented 2012 Camry. It's ready. Are you? Get in touch with technology with Tech Stuff from HowStuffWorks.com. Hi there, everyone. Welcome to the podcast. My name is Chris Polat. I'm an editor here at How Stuff Works. And as usual, I have the always tough senior writer, Jonathan Strickland. Hey. <laughs> I was trying to adopt a, know, a tough video game voice. Like you know, those big, you know, super muscular. In a world. Yeah. Well, <laughs> Don Fontaine, actually. I'm sad. We miss you, Fontaine. Anyway. We wanted to talk today about violence and video games, violence in video games, and violence outside of video games that may have been caused by the violence that you find in video games. Now I want to shoot you. <laughs> well, my work here is done. <laughs> so there's been a lot of talk uh, pretty much since video games really started turning pretty violent in the early 90s, I guess, uh, about whether or not the violence you find in these games has any correlation or causation uh, for violence in, in everyday life. And um, we wanted to kind of address this and talk about it because it's, it's a, it's, you know, it's definitely one of those hot button topics. And uh, I don't think it's been resolved one way or the other, um, despite numerous studies. Yes, I would say so. I actually, I was doing research on the, on the podcast and uh, 
went to the library online and um, there were literally, you know, at, at least a hundred articles, you know, about both sides. Sure. You know, um, scholarly journals even. So, I mean, they're, People, people's opinions are are mixed, right? To even, say the very least. even among the experts, yeah, it's um something that uh yeah, you, you, it becomes a question of who do you want to believe rather than you know who has the right answer because the jury, I guess, is still out. But before we get too far into this, we should talk a little bit about you know kind of the the reasoning behind this. Um, you know, video games when they first came out, their the biggest concern was <laughs> they would rot your brain because you'd be sitting there for hours playing them. Uh, instead of doing things like reading or going outside, at least according to my parents. Outside? Yeah. There's an outside? Well, apparently there is something that exists with, you know, outside of the realm of your living room. Oh. Where your Atari 2600 was. Um, so yeah, that was the big concern for a while. But then once video games started reaching a certain level of sophistication, and I mean that in a sense of graphics and sound and, and, and user interface, not necessarily in content, uh, once it reached that sophistication, people began to think, hey, this stuff might actually have an effect beyond just being a time waster. Right. Uh, so we're talking about games like Mortal Kombat. That was one of the big ones. That got a lot of people upset because it had way over-the-top violence. Uh, I wouldn't call it realistic because I've never seen a ninja shoot ice out of his hands for real. Um, you haven't. You haven't lived until you see a ninja <laughs> shoot ice out of his hands. Well, I gotta say, I haven't lived then. Um, but yeah, Mortal Kombat got a lot of people upset, and uh, or a lot of parents anyway were concerned about it because it was over the top violence. And, and of course, these are kids who are engaging in these games often, especially back in the arcade days, back when you could still go to an arcade and play against all these other kids. And you just watch a group playing around one of these games, and yeah, it seems like they get kind of. Not necessarily physically aggressive toward one another, but they definitely adopt a much more, you know, aggressive kind of personality. And, and there's a lot of smack talking and a lot of uh, that kind of palling around. And then the games continued to get more sophisticated and you got into things like the first person shooters, which really started to concern some people, especially when you had it tie into other re- actual real life horrible events like the Columbine shooting. Um, there was a connection between the people who, who the, the students who committed that act and, and, uh, first person shooters that they enjoyed playing. Um, and then people began to think, well, hey, could there possibly be something that is a, you know, something about these games that's inspiring these kids to do these kind of things? And that's really where this, this avalanche began. Yeah, um, according to David Walsh, who is a oh, child yes. psychologist, did I steal one of your bits? No, 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 go right ahead. Oh, okay. Um, he said that the uh, National Institutes of Health had done some some uh, research into it, and uh, he co-authored a study that connected the uh, the playing of violent video games to physical aggression. Um, but he cited that that information from the National Institutes of Health, and it basically said. The teenage brain is not fully developed. So, uh, you know, it's kids aren't ready for handling violence like this. It can actually form an impression on them and, and, you know, make a, uh, a normally, uh, docile kid into a, a killing machine. And, um, you know, there, uh, there have been some incidents like in, uh, June 7th, 2003, um, Devin Moore, in a town called Fayette, Alabama, killed two police officers and a dispatcher. Um, he had been picked up for allegedly 
uh, trying to uh, steal a car. And, uh, you know, at the police station, he jumped up. According according to the information I, I read on CBS News, he uh, jumped up and grabbed the gun and shot the police officer who had him in the head. Then when another police officer come, came to find what was going on, uh, he shot more, shot him too, and uh, in the head. And then uh, a police dispatcher was at the end of the hall and uh, more shot him in the head and grabbed the keys to a police cruiser and took off. Now they caught him. He was uh, tried and convicted and sentenced to the death penalty. Um, but um, a very famous attorney named Jack Thompson picked up this case. Yes. And uh, he wanted to uh, sue the publishers of the game, which was Grand Theft Auto, mm-hmm. um, because apparently he uh, evidence suggested that Moore played a lot of Grand Theft Auto, in which a lot of people basically – the deal is you steal cars and you – Shoot people. There's, you, you, you commit among, tons and tons of crimes. Yeah, among other things. I mean, you can run advance. people over right. and yeah. So, uh, so Jack Thompson said, you know, this was obviously because of this violent video game, uh, and he sued, uh, Take Two Interactive, the publishers, and, uh, Rockstar Studios, the studio that creates the game. Um, and, uh, you know, trying to bring him down for the, uh, for the obvious effect, you know, the, that he claimed the game had on, on Devin Moore. Sure. So, uh, hey, what's what's he up to these days? Uh, Jack Thompson. Yeah. He's he's cooling his heels. Oh yeah. Um, apparently, well, for for one thing, he was a, a Florida lawyer, right. and he tried to to uh, get a waiver to basically a one time permit to try this case in Alabama. Um, however, the uh, he has since been disbarred hmm. uh, in Florida permanently. Um, because according to the report on uh, the FloridaBar.org website, um, he engaged in a number of unprofessional uh, behaviors in in this case. Golly, couldn't have happened to a nicer guy. Well, he's uh, <laughs> I'll let him sue you for saying that. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, he he is known to the video game industry. Uh, if you search for his name on uh, sites that are known for uh, gaming or technology. Um, you'll find his name popping up a lot of places and he does not, it's clear. He does not like violent video games. Right. And he still ha- holds that position, even though he's no longer, uh, yeah. able to practice law. That's true. Um, that's true. Yeah. And there, are, but there are, like we said, there are definitely, uh, uh, medical professional psychologists who are, uh, who also believe in this, um, in this causality or at least correlation between violence and the violence you find in video games. Uh, Craig A. Anderson did a study. Mr. Anderson. Yes, Mr. Anderson, actually Dr. Anderson, did a study <laughs> in, in uh, I believe it was 2001. Um, he looked at a lot of other studies. So he did what is called in the uh, science biz as a meta-analysis, where you take the results of various studies and you combine those results to kind of get an overall big picture of whether or not uh, a – whether or not a certain theory holds any water. Um, here's the thing about a meta-analysis. It's it's tricky to do correctly. The problem with a meta-analysis is that you take all these different studies and you some of them may not be very good studies. They may not have uh, they they may have a bad methodology. Um, there may be a very small sample size, so the the data is not really reliable. 
Um, but you just lump it in with everything else. So you get the good along with the bad, and there's no real way of necessarily telling how much of one you have versus the other. And uh, so he's received some criticism for his approach uh, to just uh, to take all these different different studies and combine them and, and try and draw conclusions from that. Uh, now, his conclusions – he believes that there is a link between the violence in video games and, and real-life violence. Um, he cited several studies that suggested that after playing violent video games, children showed more signs of aggression, um, even if they had only played 20 minutes of a violent video game, whereas kids who played uh, video games that didn't have violence in them, like, say, just a simple like a race car game or something. Tetris. Um, Tetris, anything like that. Uh, did not show this kind of level of aggression. Right. Um, so things like that he, he cited. And, and he uh, he's written several times about how he doesn't believe that uh, this many, that most of the studies were done very well. They, he doesn't think that they were poorly designed or poorly executed. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's defended his position. But other people like uh, Benjamin Radford, who's one of the managing editors of the Skeptical Inquirer, which is a, a, a journal about critical thinking and skepticism. Really? Yeah, you wouldn't imagine it from that mm-hmm. title, huh? Yeah, um, I believe it when I see it. Yeah, sure you will. Uh, it's actually an excellent journal, but it's he he writes that the meta analysis alone is kind of uh, questionable, and that the link between violence and video games is not at all apparent. It may exist, but it's not hasn't been proven. Um, and that also correlation and causation are two different things, which is a very important point. So here's here's the question. Do video games make kids violent or do violent kids like violent video games? I am not a, an adequate judge to answer that question. Yeah. No. I, I would from, – from a common sense kind of perspective, which of course means that it's not at all – Scientific? Scientific. Yeah. Exactly. This is this is just based on my own sort of gut instinct, and I have nothing to back this up other than just my own personal experiences, and uh, uh, so it really doesn't hold any weight. It's just my own personal opinion. I think that violent kids do tend to enjoy violent video games. It's it's a way of acting out kind of a power fantasy, right? You're able to exert power over other individuals. Now, granted, these individuals may be completely virtual; they're just characters on the screen. But you're able to, to, uh, to, like I said, exert power over them. Right. And so you're drawn to that because, I mean, that's the kind of personality you have. Then, you know, you're going to want to play those sort of games. Right. And you may also be violent in real life as well, but that's not because of the video game. It's because of your, the way, the way you are. Right. Um, I don't necessarily think that a violent video game makes a person violent. And I, I, this is anecdotal, so again, not scientific. Uh, I play a lot of video games. You play some violent video I games. I play some seriously violent video games. I have the Grand Theft Auto series. I've played the heck out of them. I play first-person shooters. I um, I enjoy playing these violent video games, and I am not a violent person. It has been Much. literally days since I punched someone. <laughs> um, no, seriously, I'm, uh. I haven't been in a fight since I was 13 years old. All right then. So that's um so how old are you now? Couple of decades. 20, 20, add twenty years to it. To, yeah, okay. And there you go. We well, you know so, um Christopher Ferguson in 
wrote a uh, report in Psychiatric Quarterly. Um, and he said that uh, he actually did a study on, on peer-reviewed journals and just to see the, the other literature that was out there. Um, he found, you know, once he was, he had stripped the bias away, according to what he said, I mean, you know, stripped the bias away. He didn't find any support for the idea that video games cause violence. And he actually believes that uh, there are some positive benefits, um, you know, vis- visio-spatial cognition, um, basically, you know, getting your bearings in the virtual world. Um, so, you know, there may be, there may be some benefits to it, I suppose, but you know, this, this really isn't uh, a new concept, you know, talking about the violence and video games that are corrupting influences. Uh, I'm sure you may have heard of Dr. Frederick Wortham or maybe the title seduction of the innocents. Ah, yes. Yes. This was a, a book written many decades ago, almost a hundred years ago. Now I'm getting there anyway. Uh, I guess 70 years ago. And, um, it was about how violent comic books were uh, causing kids to uh, commit crimes. And then there's the whole uh, heavy metal music causes kids to commit suicide. You want to go even further back? Oh, uh, sure. Talk about uh, Victorian England. Oh, yeah? Where there were some people who believed that the uh, that a performance of The Incredible Case of Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde somehow managed to um, inspire Jack the Ripper. Yeah, so, yeah. I mean, this is something that goes way back, talking about fantasy somehow impacting reality. Yeah. yeah. And, and the reason why video games, I think, gets more attention than, say, I mean, obviously you've got parent councils that are concerned about violence in all forms of media, not just video games. But the reason why video games, I think, get a lot of attention is because you take an active role. You're not just passively watching or reading. You're, you are, your actions are being translated into this video game world. So I think it's that extra step that concerns some people. And I think, too, part of it is that uh, some of the populace is just not into video games. They've never played them. Um, it's new for a lot of people. Sure. Um, you know, for example, ballroom dancing, uh, you know, to to uh, I won't admit to watching Dancing with the Stars, but I, I, you know, possibly may have been in earshot of a TV when they said that I think it was the waltz was considered risque at one time. Now we've all been alive. Everyone, you know, on the planet now was alive since the waltz was a normal thing. So to think about it in that context, you think, what are you kidding? Well, you know, we have violent video games now. That's so much more corrupting, but you know, in a hundred years, it may not be such a big deal. They'll find something else to be outraged about. You can hear the same thing about certain composers when, when some of their like Beethoven, several Beethoven's pieces got the same sort of attention. Um, getting back to to the video games, uh, I wanted to mention one other study, um, which was uh, conducted by Patrick Kierkegaard, uh, and it was published in the International Journal of Liability and Scientific Inquiry. Kierkegaard also decided that, or from his from his research, he decided that many of the claims that violence comes, like vi- people, kids were becoming violent because of the violence of video games. Uh, he thought that those conclusions were faulty. He didn't necessarily – he didn't go so far as to say that they were completely wrong. Uh, he just said that you couldn't support that from the studies that were conducted. Um, so again, it's one of those the, – the question is still up in the air. Um, I bring that one up because it was fairly recent. Uh, I, I had first heard about it. I think it was uh, this past spring. So again, studies are still ongoing. I'm not sure that we're going to get to the bottom of this anytime soon. For one thing, I think there are way too many variables – and too many factors to take into consideration. It's hard to boil it down to, hey, 
you know, little Billy just played Mortal Kombat and then he's going to go and punch his sister. And, and I mean, it's, there are too many things to take into consideration to just blame it on one factor. And I don't think that, uh, video games are completely innocent. To be honest, somebody who is going to commit a violent act like that may find inspiration. In, yeah, but in they can find inspiration see. from anything, though. Well, you know, it doesn't help when you hear th- things say, according to CBS News, um, when the police brought in Devin Moore, he said, uh, the quote was, life is like a video game. Everybody's got to die sometime. So but that you, just adds fuel to the fire when people say that this is the result. And then you see, you know, an act like, uh, I remember a report of a school shooting, um, some time ago now where the kid shot out the mirrors in the bathroom, in the school bathroom. And at this point it's apocryphal because I had difficulty finding it in the short amount of time I allotted to find that particular article. Mm. Um, but that actually is directly from what Duke Nukem, I believe, where there are actual uh, power-ups behind the mirrors. There may have been. So, but I, this I'm, this argument to me doesn't hold any water because you're talking about disturbed individuals who will take anything, latch onto anything, and that could fuel their their power fantasies. I mean, we see the same thing with the arguments against role-playing games, where parents were saying, "Hey, this role-playing game is corrupting children. It's going to convince them to become satanists. They're going to." kill each other and you're talking about saying that kids should not indulge in any kind of fantasy play at all because there's the danger that they're going to believe the fantasy is reality. I think that's just ridiculous. I think really that you have certain individuals who are predisposed to that kind of psychosis, but you can't sit there and say that the fantasy was the cause of it. It's the co- the cause is internal. It's not external. No, I actually I actually agree with you. What I meant was um, for somebody who is already predisposed to that kind of an action, sure, they can latch on to something they see in a comic book or in a movie, but then the, or on the street. The solution to that would that. then be eliminate all interesting stuff everywhere for fear that it could cause someone to go off the deep end. Right. And I'm not advocating doing that. That's I'm just good, saying that I was totally going to punch you. <laughs> oh no, I I've see, fallen into your trap palette. I see what you did there. Oh. Uh, so wow. no, I, I'm just saying that, that, uh, you know, it, it's just impossible to blame that one thing. Sure. But, and you know, an event like that, it can definitely that, add that's what fire to those adds, Yeah, that's arguments. what adds that, sure. that link that people yeah, are looking definitely, for. Definitely, I um, agree with that. So, uh, you know, that, that's all I'm saying. Okay. That's all I'm saying. All right, I'm, I'm calm now. All right, sure you are. Sorry, Nadine. <laughs> nice. Wow. Well, this was a good conversation. We, yeah. got, we got heated in that argument yeah. a little bit. That's, that's Which is good because it's cold in here. It is a little chilly. <laughs> anyway. So I guess we can uh, probably wrap this up. Did you have any uh, any other interesting studies or anything you wanted to bring up? No, no additional studies at this so, time. So really, I, yeah, so the, the, uh, the defense We'll get rests. back with you. you know. <laughs> yeah, the, the question is still up in the air. I I think uh, it probably will be for quite some time. There will definitely be more studies. Um, another thing to keep in mind, I, I should have pointed this out earlier, is if you're reading a study, find out who commissioned it. Because there may be bias in there. Yes, uh, that's absolutely the truth. If it's a completely independent study, then you can you can feel a little more comfortable that there is no bias. But if it's something where a parent-teacher association has funded a specific study, that brings into question the findings. I mean, you know, even if the the scientists were trying to go straightforward and not not 
make the results lean one way or the other. When you're receiving money from a specific interested party, that gets a little complicated. Absolutely. So keep that in mind. Yep. But if you want to learn more about this, we have a great article on the site, actually. It's called Do Violent Video Games Lead to Real Violence? And that was written by Julia Layton. And it was updated as uh, as late as the spring. So it's it's up to date, too. So I would recommend checking that out if you want to learn more. Also, I would play this uh, podcast backwards for our secret message. Yeah. I hope uh, hope you guys find it. If you do, write in and tell us what it was. And then we'll probably send somebody out and they will run you over. Right. I don't least. know where I'm going with that. I'm done. Guys in the white coats will show up. <laughs> anyway, make sure you visit HowStuffWorks.com to read this article and others. And we will talk to you again soon. For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit HowStuffWorks.com. Let us know what you think. Send an email to podcast at HowStuffWorks.com. Brought to you by the reinvented 2012 Camry. It's ready. Are you? Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. That makes us FACET for life now, I guess. (laughs) Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. We all can't help but wonder what adventure lies just over the next ridge. A Nissan Rogue, Nissan Pathfinder, or Nissan Armada will take you there. If you're taking on your adventure in a new 2024 Nissan Rogue, class-exclusive Google built-in is your always-updating assistant to call on for almost anything. Google Assistant, Google Maps, and Google Play Store are built right into the 12.3-inch HD touchscreen infotainment system of the 2024 Nissan Rogue. Nissan's SUV has the capabilities to take you where you want to go. Learn more at NissanUSA.com. CNN Underscore's Guide to Sleep has tons of recommendations for products that can help you get the best night's sleep ever. All right, let's face it. Most of us have had trouble falling or staying asleep at some point. And there are a lot of products and hacks claiming to be the solution to our sleepless nights. That's why the CNN Underscored team spend hundreds of hours testing products to find the ones that can make a huge difference in the quality of your slumber. Visit Underscored.com now for our ultimate guide to getting better sleep. Hey, hey, it's Malcolm Gladwell, host of Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Your elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive entirely its own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply.